This book landed on my desk last week and I thought to myself, got to get hold of the author. It is an amazing book. It's all about Bendigo. Genesis to Federation is what it's called. 1835 to 1910. And it's got illustrations. It's got some amazing facts and the history in it is just second to none. So I thought, We'd get hold of the author. We've mm, done absolutely. that. He joins us now in On the Case. Good morning, Jeff Hocking. Oh, good morning. It's a good one to chase up, Jeff. But as soon as people say books, I've got it over there, Kyle. I want to read. I want to look. But anyway, I'll let <laughs> you talk through it. Tell us about the guts of the book, Jeff. One of the things that always intrigued me, I grew up in Bendigo in Chum Street, Golden Square, in, in the shadow of, of Fortuna. And so... Goldfield stories have always been a part of my life. Both my grandfathers were in the mines. Uh, one of them was an underground miner. The other one was a steam engine driver down on the central Deborah at one stage. He worked there driving the, the big engines. And so that their stories were always a part of my life. But what I often wondered is how come anyone was actually here to find gold? And I wanted to search for, say, the first Europeans that came through. And so you go all the way back, and that's where the book starts in 1835. It really starts with Major Mitchell coming through. He went through to find where the Murray and the Darling Rivers meet, and then he came down into Portland and across through central Victoria. He actually came through what is now known as Castlemaine, but he missed Bendigo. He went south and right across virtually the western edge of the Great Dividing Range and followed that all the way back to Sydney. And he missed the valley that was Bendigo itself. Very few people actually wandered across the Bendigo Valley. They went to the west or went to the east. So it was tracking who were the first people to come up here that was of interest to me. And it wasn't until squatting runs were established around Mount Alexander and Barnadown, those two runs virtually met in what is now Golden Square. And that's where our story really starts. A shepherd's hut on the edge of the Strathlodden run from Mount Alexander. He was visited by a couple of ladies who had nothing to do while their husbands were away. They weren't actually employed by the squatter. So they went up to uh, the creek at Golden Square where the shepherd was and thought they'd have a go at panning for gold. Why? Because everyone knew that gold had been found in Clunes and Creswick and Ballarat. Mount Alexander had had you know, several thousand people already up there in once gold was discovered in 1851. And uh, they'd been down to Castlemaine, had a look at what was going on, went up to Golden Square and stood in the creek and filled their pannikin with small nuggets of gold. When this was announced, it started the rush to Bendigo. But the rush to, to Ballarat and Castlemaine were already in full swing by the time Bendigo came to everyone's attention. How did Bendigo become known as Bendigo? Well, the shepherd liked fighting. He liked putting on display fights. Anyone that came through, he'd have a sham boxing match with them. And at the time in Britain, the Muhammad Ali of his day, whose name was William Abednego Thompson, and that was corrupted to Bold Bendigo, he was known as. He was a prize fight, prize fight, a bare-knuckle champion of all England. So this boxer in Golden Square, people would have said to him, who, who do you think you are? Hmm. Bendigo. 
because Bendigo was world famous. The, the boxer was internationally famous as a champion. So anyone who liked fighting would be nicknamed Bendigo. It's like when I was young and grew my first beard, people said, oh, who do you think you are? Ed Kelly. <laughs> and, and kind of everyone was called a bush ranger who wore a beard. Yeah. Well, anyone in those days who liked fighting was nicknamed Bendigo, I guess. So oh, wow. it stuck. When gold was found, people said, oh, where did they pick up that gold? And they said, oh, well, up by Bendigo's hut. And where's that? Oh, it's on Bendigo's Creek. And the name stuck. It became known as the Bendigo Goldfields. Well, that is so fascinating. And one of many fascinations that you will find in this book, like I found the fact that the Shamrock Hotel used to be called something else. That was a surprise. Did you know that, Cox? I actually didn't know that. The other thing, Jeff, is the fact that you have to have, when you sleep at night, you would have to have a pad beside your bed with a pen because you'd wake up every minute and go, oh, that's right, I remember this or I remember that fact or whatever, surely. <laughs> Often it doesn't work very well like that. We will get up in the morning and you look at what you've written and it looks pretty ridiculous. So, <laughs> but, I'm, but I do I must admit that often I will compose complete sentences, introductions, chapters in my head and and I'll have these wonderful conversations with myself <laughs> working out the sequence of words and, and you have to rush inside and sit down at the computer and hopefully <laughs> punch it out in much the same way. But I do read a lot, obviously, and my table would be covered with paper set out to try and cobble together all that information and make it palatable. It's really often a jigsaw. The dining room table was covered with paper for three or four months, much of my wife's disgust. But I was lucky, even my mother had collected stuff from the 20s and 30s newspapers, Bendigo advertisers, special editions of the advertiser. And often they would tell complete stories of life in Bendigo uh, relating back to the goldfields. And, and I was able to sort of plunder those for information. One thing I had to remember, when I said my grandfather's worked in the mines, my paternal grandfather was born in 1875, and, and, wow. and he came to Bendigo, well, first he went to America, and they were on the American gold fields and American copper mines. The family then went back to England, and eventually he came to Australia, and he worked in the New Chum Mine in Bendigo and the Red, White and Blue in Bendigo. In fact, there's a photograph on the frontispiece of the book of the New Chum Mine. Dig a miner standing outside for a group photo, and my grandfather is in that. I call my publishing company as a little company that publishes really only my books. Um, <laughs> I called it Newcom Press years ago because it's a name that diggers were called when they first turned up on the diggings. They were known as New Chums. And I grew up in Chum Street, so I thought, oh, this, was, this is very apt. I was astonished when I saw that photograph of my grandfather standing behind a sign that said, New Chum Mine. Oh, gee, you were no, destined but... to write this book, Jeff. Oh, we better leave it there, but it is a fantastic read, particularly if you're into the history of Bendigo. Great for a gift as well. So many interesting facts and so many stories. Sandhurst, Genesis to Federation, 1835 to 1910. Jeff, if people want to get a hold of your book, how do they do it? Oh, my email, which is casbooks at bigpond.com. And if anyone sends me an email, I'll respond uh, within a very short time. <laughs> Fabulous. Beautiful. Sandhurst Genesis to Federation, Jeff Hocking, the author, the publisher, the seller. <laughs> Thanks for being with us for On the Case this morning. Thanks for speaking with me.